Welcome to EGN Leadership Conversations, the untold secrets of the C-suite. I will be speaking with industry leaders on hot and trending topics. Enjoy the podcast. Today we have with us Chris Eriksson. He's uh, with Human Inc. and he's the CEO and founding partner there. He is with us here today to talk about design thinking, customer-centric solutions. Chris, a warm welcome to you. How are you today? Thank you so much, Nick. And I've been excited to connect here on the podcast. That's great. Would you like to introduce yourselves to the listeners? Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm Chris. I hear from Denmark. And um, as mentioned, I'm working with senior leaders and we have been supporting m- m- more than 200 different brands on their journey to kind of work on innovation, strategy and talent challenges in the last 10 years. Uh, I have a background in, in more kind of startup work and running incubators as well as supporting uh, social innovation initiatives in both Europe and, and Southeast Asia. Right. And let's jump into the topic then. So what is design right. thinking? Yeah, it sounds it sounds a bit odd, doesn't it? Well, design thinking is in a way an easy to use proven methodology from the, the kind of the school of, of innovation and, and creativity science, kind of building new ways to to come up with new solutions that users love uh, at a lower risk. It can be difficult and risky to, to try to do new things, especially for large organizations. And design has been applied in, uh, in more strategic ways than just graphic design, right? But strategic design or design thinking has been applied in leading companies in many different industries, for example, in banking, insurance, FMCG, energy, telco, IT, etc. So it's really been a, a tested method, you can say, that has been battle tested in, in many different environments. Okay. And the term design is, is used quite a lot these days. I keep reading about design thinking <laughs> and design. And why is it a big deal in business right now? Well, I think there's there's what we know and, and hear from customers as well is that there's kind of a, a multiple uh, trends that is pushing this. One is, of course, that customers' expectations to the brands that they that they do business with has shifted dramatically uh, and will continue to do so. Uh, for example, we know that uh, more than seventy percent of, of consumers will recommend a product or service to others because they had great experience. So the experience element of business has become more important. Um, getting delightful experience experiences and meaningful user experience also digitally as more consumers uh, both in B2B and B2C expect that from the brands they do business with uh, has pushed uh, this need uh, to deliver that delight and when you deliver that delight you have higher conversion for new customers you have stronger loyalty and retention uh, you get a different uh, and stronger brand affinity you can create new opportunities to upsell or cross sell uh, to your customers um, of course every organization is looking at digital transformation so what does that mean for for the customer experience that you now have new channels where customers are coming uh, to meet your company uh, for the first time perhaps or meet you again um, when you're serving uh, servicing them what top points are you going to uh, meet them with what is that going to feel like uh, are you going to create uh, better uh, feeling experiences or worse feeling experiences Right. But also from an opportunity standpoint, 5G, Metaverse, um, all these pieces are opening up a lot of opportunity, but sense making what would what would work for you, what will work for your customers, how could you partner with other organizations to create those experiences is where design really has some strength. And lastly, we know that um, most organizations are really thinking now about not just the, the old three questions, you know, uh, can we make money, uh, can it be built and, and be feasible and scalable and, and will customers love it? 
but also what is our impact on on the planet and the communities around us, the external stakeholders, right? So this complexity in in organization is is in a way also driving the need for more complex problem solving. Many teams, both internally but also outside the organization's boundaries, need to be involved to found uh, to find these solutions. And that but that's where design methods uh, really come to the fore. Is in a way dealing with what we call wicked problems. So really making sense of this kind of complex environment that the company is now working in. And how can we come up with elegant, simple, powerful solutions that would work for our customers, work for our shareholders and work for the, the wider community and the planet. Right. And Chris, it sounds indeed like a big topic. And for someone who's just uh, digging into the topic of design thinking for the first time, uh, what would you say would be the three key things they need to know? I think some of the things that stand out for for, for kind of uh, understanding what design can do is really helping organizations really truly understand what are the kind of latent needs of their customers or users, what is it that they would want more of, what is it they want that they didn't want yesterday, that they want today or tomorrow. How can we discover those in more powerful ways? How can we build on all the data we have about our customers, but also understand the experience element of that? We can see users are behaving in a different way if we look at the data, but how can we actually understand them better. So it's really about creating customer-centric or human-centric solutions. It helps teams that are maybe normally not so creative in how they work deliver more creative solutions, surprising solutions, elegant uh, uh, ideas. Uh, but it also reduces the risk of testing out these ideas and doing it much faster. Most large organizations are quite slow at discovering new needs, quite slow at responding to them, quite slow at and, and not effective at launching new things. So it really improves team collaboration on these kind of hairy problems or, or big uh, future opportunities. Um, it can be taught and applied quite quickly. So even though you may not have a lot of designer looking uh, or sounding people, actually normal people can do exceptional work when you give them the right process, the right tools, the right experience. And it can be applied in many things, strategy, you know, partnerships, uh, service design, digital design, physical uh, products or branches or stores, um, processes internally, uh, change management that you're rolling out, gamification, loyalty. So many different opportunity spaces can, can be addressed uh, using uh, the design thinking method. Right. And, and uh, why do companies then need to spend resources on this? I mean, there's so much fighting now for the budgets and so on. How, how can you argue that uh, we need to spend it on design thinking? I mean, one good reason to do it is that leading brands who have invested in this and who are, you can say, excelling at driving experience-driven business or, or design-driven business have a 2x year-on-year growth in customer retention, repeat purchase rates, customer lifetime value, and so on. So it basically makes money, right? We know that um, companies who do well at this have a 15% increase in revenue when customer journeys are delivered well, right? Um, so there's, there's evidence that implementing design has a fairly low cost but a very high upside. Of course, it's not just about training people, and we can maybe talk a bit more about that, but um, there's definitely evidence that companies that are great at this uh, have better financial returns. And, and that's, of course, a, a key metric for any, any C-suite leader. Right. Indeed, we are looking for growth. We are looking for positive cash flow. <laughs> so how can leaders then yeah. use design thinking to drive this growth? Yeah, I think, I mean, first and foremost, you can say that in many organizations have uh, business people uh, often with a lot of either technical or financial background and uh, maybe not as much, uh, you can say, human-centered background, not so much 
human sciences and where uh, you can see the creativity and business and technology really is um, um, converging now right so it's important that boards and c-suite leaders understands and buys into the strategic value of design and that's where even having a quick awareness sessions or a visit to an organization um, or creating a learning journey for the board and for the c-suite to really understand this competitive advantage they can gain is very key before you begin uh, then saying okay so now we understand overall what value design can create for our company in our industry and in, let's say healthcare oil and gas or banking or whatever business you're in what does it mean for us and our strategy what specific value can design drive for us then who is it that we need to hire uh, where is it that we could put some people that have these kind of skills could we have a team that could maybe be leveraged across the organization to kind of discover new needs uh, quickly test new solutions uh, help bring in a bit of creativity and innovation power in the organization could we upskill some people uh, for this if so who should be involved and could be after a quick upskilling and that can be fairly short courses and then kind of a learning journey could be set up some design-led business projects and resource them with some of these people and other folks that not that doesn't necessarily need to be trained and then track these projects that's going to be things that's not going to work that's part of the innovation journey so it's also important to both create some quick wins but also learn from what's not working so documenting the value of this and seeing, you know, are we getting better customer experience and retention? Are we coming up with new revenue streams? Are we finding cost savings from adopting automation that feels good and has been delivered in a good way? Are we getting more collaboration either internally or maybe in partnering? Are we getting faster speed to market or faster speed to, to, to value, right? So I think that the, the second part of the, these kind of tips is very important. It's not just about having a hackathon or taking out some post-it notes. It's really about linking it to your strategy getting the right people involved, figuring out which, which pieces to work on, and then learning from what works and importantly learning from what doesn't work. So not giving up, but keeping at it because innovation is also not just a quick fix. It is uh, more of a mid to long-term game. Yeah, and I like that, that it's a long-term game. So thank you for sharing that, Chris. And I'm sure we could continue this conversation much longer, but uh, uh, let's move on. And it's been great to have you with us today. And if anyone wants to continue this conversation, Chris, how can they get in touch with you? They're super welcome to to connect with me. Uh, I'll share the, the the LinkedIn profile. Like I'm Christopher Erickson on LinkedIn. Uh, my email is ce at humaninc.co. We can probably put that under the podcast here. And of course, they can hit me up on the amazing EGN app. That's great. Thank you so much, Chris, for being with us today. I wish you a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to EGN Leadership Conversations, the untold secret of the C-suite.